Welcome to Talking Not Renting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You're dropping in on our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today's episode, Scratch the Butts. Let's set the stage here. Greg and I have been friends for a long time. And Greg, you know what? We have not been together in the studio recording an episode since June 27th of this year. June 27th. Wow. You know what? Honestly, it's been an awesome summer and there's been varying trips and that kind of thing, but it, it's good to be back. And uh, I, I, it's hard to believe that it's been two months. Yeah. I did come into the studio one day and did a, a interview without you because you'd just come back from vacation. You were sick. So that was July 18th. So we've had no products since then. And uh, we're going to have to share with the folks that you've had four weeks of vacation, COVID, and I've been working and had COVID and I'm going on vacation soon because I haven't been able to go yet. And uh, we have had a really busy summer. We've, we managed to go to dinner once. Mm-hmm. You, we were both off COVID. Yeah. And, and we, we actually went and had dinner one night and we found a really nice restaurant and we went and we just hung out for a little while. But uh, uh, it has been a really different summer. Uh, you know, for those of you that have suffered through COVID this summer, um, uh, and I know a lot of people that have experienced this and uh, it was the worst first 36 hours of my life I've ever had. It was not a good experience. And I think uh, most of the people I know that have had it, that have experienced it are, are on the mend and, mm-hmm. and thank goodness for that. But it has not been uh, the best of summers for a lot of people. So I agree. And I was fortunate. Uh, I have uh, um, arthritis, so I've had this uh, bit of an immune disease, uh, 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 risk of immune immunity. And uh, so I took Paxlovid, I think it's called, which is that antiviral drug. It was a miracle for me. I was deathly ill with COVID, even after all my shots. Uh, but then it recovered within 24 hours with this, this other drug. So I'm so grateful for, uh, these folks that are doing all the research and are finding out these new things that we can have that have just protect us so that we're not going into respiratory stuff. And I think there's still a bumpy road ahead of us, but there does seem to be a return to normal. As you said, we went out to dinner and it was just great being able to sit on a patio and, and have, have, uh, uh something to eat and chat. And uh, I just felt, felt normal again. Yeah, it's, it's good. And, and hopefully, uh, uh, you and I already have an uh, interview scheduled for three weeks with somebody else that I didn't know you knew, and then I find out that you really you really know the person well. So we won't say who it is, uh, just in case it doesn't happen, but uh, we have an interview scheduled in three weeks, and we're, we might try to get in on another night of the week, um, um, working around my holidays, and maybe do another episode as well. And we were just talking about an episode that you had written, and I think we're just going to have a discussion about it to make sure that... Uh, I understand what it is so that, you know, we can have a really, really good conversation. So, uh, yeah, we haven't put out a lot of product this summer and uh, just a lot of stuff going on, man. And uh, you seem to be feeling better and I seem to be feeling better as well. So, um, yeah, so we're going to get back in the groove. I just had a talk with our community manager here, Jordan. Uh, had a, uh, got in here a little early and had a good conversation with him. And uh, we might do, uh, there might be an opportunity to do like a little 10, 15 minute uh, special uh, talking not ranting thing, uh, highlighting the podcast studio in here and and how we've found it and and how it plays into our production and stuff like that. And talk to him a little bit about it because this is pretty. Uh, this the studio is like not used that much, and it's like this is a really convenient thing. It's like decent equipment that normal people can use, and I, I think it you can produce a really good product in here. And him and I were talking about it because we're going to be up for renewal probably in about a. A month or so so i mean you start the conversation early right yeah yeah well and you know what you're right there's there's a certain space this this just gives us kind of a when you get in here it's like you're in the zone and you know you 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 can do podcasts at home that that works for sure but uh, at the cost that this is it is just it, it adds a whole new level because you and I are like across from each other here. The equipment is great. And we have an opportunity to, to, to even up the game with regards to both the quality, but not just the quality of the equipment. There's something about the connectivity in this space that allows you to really dive deep into the dialogue and the questions and that kind of stuff. I feel almost like a professional when I'm in here doing this. You, I, I was thinking the exact same thing, you know, like we, we it's, it's a great place to fool yourself that you're a professional. <laughs> so uh, let's move on here. Uh, Greg and I have both been managers for a long time. We have both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We will start at the perspective of the employee, then move on to the manager and then back to the employee. We're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations, what we've learned from them. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a really good discussion. So, Greg, 
scratch the butts. And this actually came out of a comment you made during our 100th episode. Uh, uh, and I, as soon as you said it, I went, oh, that's, that's a podcast episode right there. And that's exactly what happened. And that, that's kind of the way we work. I'll say something, you'll say something, or we'll have a discussion, a, a subject pops up and it's like, you just know it's going to be an episode. It, there's, there's no rhyme or reason to it. You just go, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Or we'll have a an experience either where we're working or people that we're supporting or those kinds of things. And you'll see something, you'll read an article, and that will it almost send you back to experiences that you had. We pull all those from relevant ideas. And sometimes, you're, as you say, it just comes up through the conversation. So the episode, Scratch the Butts. In discussions as a group and with your boss, you experience some or all of the following. As soon as you open your mouth, your boss goes, but and then proceeds to undermine your thought, making no effort to appreciate or lean into what you, what you are bringing to the table. The boss doesn't cultivate a good group dynamic in appreciating it when people bring ideas to the table. They allow the butt to rule the day. You don't feel comfortable in bringing forward ideas to the boss or the group. It's obvious all that matters is what the boss says or brings to the table. It's not really a discussion. I just put my head down and work, ignoring those things I could bring to the business to make things better. So, Greg, how does this affect our relationships and the work environment? You know, it's so interesting because it's such a little word. And yet there's something about the word but that that just, uh, it disrupts. Uh, it disrupts flow. It disrupts confidence. It disrupts relationship. Uh, and it's just a word. But often with the word comes tone because it's, yeah, yeah, but, or we can't do that, but you, you know, or, or yeah, but what about this? It, it just, it just creates this breakage in things. And uh, so it's not only just the word, but it's also the tone and it's often reflective with a boss who either is fearful and uh, doesn't want to move forward. So they're always putting up barriers that are in front of you or they're arrogant uh, and they think they know all the answers. And often when we become very wise in our thinking, we, when we get lots of experience, sometimes we think we know it all. And when we think we know it all, that's when these butts tend to slip in because we think we've seen that experience before. We think we've been down this track before, or we kind of see maybe what's going. So we, the butt jumps in. So sometimes it's not even intentional, but butts create gaps and break flow, positive flow, and, and trust building. It's just, it just can be mucky. Yeah, and I, I think uh, I agree with everything you said. And I think what this stops, what it kind of curtails, is an understanding of uh, an appreciation where we all come from. The whole idea of having a discussion is to bring other ideas, other experiences into the discussion. And lots of people hire for this, right? They hire to have a diverse group of people around a table. They appreciate it. But when you use the word but, you just erase all that because all this effort you've, you've used to bring these people in and maybe the time to get to know each other, maybe you've used some of those tools that we talked about a couple of weeks ago to make sure that we all understand how we approach things and what's important to us. When you say but, all that's out the door. Mm -hmm. All those efforts that you've taken, you know, the time to get to know each other, understand and appreciate that you come from a different experience or a different, you know, technical background or whatever it is. When you say, but you curtail all those conversations and all those efforts. I, I agree hundred percent. And it doesn't mean that as a manager, you don't sometimes have to bring up the flags. It doesn't mean that as a manager, you, if you have lots of experience and knowledge that you shouldn't bring out those cautions and those type of things, but it's how you do it. And how do you lay out, and we'll talk a little bit about this in a, in a bit, but how do you lay out the alternatives or the risks as a leader? If your team isn't seeing it, sometimes you've got to do that. But that hardness of but and that stopness of but can really, can really get in the way of that flow and that, that, um, you know, that really freedom of tapping into all the people around your table. And we're not talking about sometimes you have to, uh, you know, curtail a conversation. Maybe some people say some things that are out of line and maybe you have to invoke closure. Like you can't talk forever, right? Mm -hmm. But, uh, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there you go, right? Yeah. And you're right. And this is exact example that sometimes it just slips into our lexicon. Yeah. And we use this but. And it's something I believe the two of us, uh, as we've developed in this podcast, 
uh, we respect what the other person says. And, and even if we don't agree, we then go continue on and talk about what we think. Yeah. But we never go, but I don't, you know, I disagree with you because of this. No, it's like, oh, okay, what, you know, what I'm thinking in this, or that's interesting, I think is your thing. Mm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And then you go on and you tell me what you think in this mm. situation. And it just creates a respect. I don't have to agree with everything you say, mm-hmm. and, and you don't have to agree with everything I say. Mm. And, and when you take out that but, and you just, okay, let's hear what everybody has to say in this thing. Let's mm-hmm. go. And, and it, it's just much more healthy because you know what? I could be wrong. You could be wrong. Or maybe my idea is developing and I have the next, and you know, you have the next piece for that. I don't know. But the minute you, but, the minute you use the word but, you know, it takes that away. It is, it is so interesting, you know, and, and the best managers, and we're going to talk about in a second, are ones that create the space, that hold open the space for people to bring their ideas forward. And so this is just one example of a little thing and one little word that actually closes up the space that doesn't allow people the confidence to bring things forward. There's something about but that not only does close, it closes the space, but it often creates a reaction from others because when I hear it, then I get defensive because there's something about the but that, that makes me saying, whoa, okay, you want to take this on? You know, you don't know what you're talking about and that type of thing. So it's, it's a cyclical thing that can get us going crazy. And, and uh, it's, not, it's not good. And again, it's just one word and it doesn't happen all. But it's, we're talking about really as a manager, what are your but or but alternatives that you use that actually close down the conversation or inhibit that that participation you talked about that's so important. What are those words? But might be one of the words. But what are the other words that you use that actually um, close? Or what are the physical things that you do? A hand up. Right. You know the shaking of the head. The you know there's there's a whole bunch of butt like things that still shut down a conversation. And um, and sometimes they're just habits. You know, and so um, we just have to be aware of this. I just listened to this really interesting TED talk about, uh, and I'm not sure I agree with this, and I'm going to go off on a little tangent here, and then we'll get back to it. Really? Yeah, really. Uh, and his whole thing was, um, we just need to be more inauthentic, inauthentic at times, because he says if we're really authentic, all of these things will come out, and we will be rude, we'll be frustrated, and that type of thing. And sometimes you have to catch your authentic responses, I'm not sure I agree with the language, but those automatic responses that come up and find ways to pause in the moment. So and be you still and be still. And be still. So you don't jump into the butt. You don't dump into the shaking of the head. You don't jump into putting the hands up. But sometimes and we've talked a lot about this is how do you go into a meeting more planful, more present, more that type of thing, and recognizing how the energy is coming up in you. But you're right. It's, that's just fascinating to me how the, the, the but is just not a word, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about how do we as a manager close the conversations and limit the, the uh, exposure, the growth of others in the room. And sometimes that's physicality. Sometimes it's physicality. Yeah. All I could think of is I went, I was going back four minutes ago where I have a butt for your butt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Then, you know, what happens then it's uh, like, what are you talking about? The, you know, the, you see the, sh- the sheep butting heads. Yeah. Well, that's two butts. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's get down to some common sense. What are some common sense things as a manager to help deal with this situation? Number one, look at how you come into the discussion. Yeah, this is a, such a powerful thing because it's, it's being mindful of how you're showing up. So the likelihood, if you are coming to a meeting with someone, even if they work for you, that kind of annoys you, that maybe has a different opinion and, 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 and you're going into it and you're not in the right mindset, um, the butts are going to creep up a lot more because you're just tired, you're, you're, you're annoyed, whatever that is going to be, whether or not even you say the word but, your whole body's going to be the world but. So how do you shift your mindset in saying, okay, uh, what's my goal here? What is What are we trying to accomplish? And how do I create the widest space that everybody, even Alistair, if you're the one who's kind of driving me nuts, can participate and contribute? So how am I going to show up that still holds that space, keeps it moving without blocking? Um, so I love this one. 
uh, and we never do it often. We don't take time of how we're coming into the conversation because normally we're so busy. And you and I have talked before about the idea of taking 10 minutes between meetings, blocking off on your schedule to kind of decelerate from the last session and going up to the next, getting prepared for the next one. Simple, simple thing, but we got to commit to doing it. So every, every uh, conversation, like I have a plan. What do I want to talk about? And also, what frame of mind am I in? Mm. Am I predisposed to be grumpy because perhaps this person sets me off or we have a history? And I think, you know, that 10 minutes, you know, writing down a couple bullet points, what looks good for me in this conversation? And as well, if I'm ticked off, I got caught in traffic, you know what? Maybe I go get a tea and calm down for a couple minutes and go, okay, I really want something to happen in this conversation. I know this is a difficult person to talk to, but... I, I want to approach this the, you know, with peace, with calmness, and, and, and bring my best self to this conversation. You can always change if you need to draw a line with somebody mm-hmm. or something like that. But how, um, but how can I prepare myself to come into this for this thing to have the best chance of success? Yeah, and you know, there's so much power in knowing your body and how things you're reacting to it. Because if you're more present with a situation, at least I found more and more re- recently, is if I feel annoyance coming up, it's how do I catch it before I respond in a way that's not going to be enabling to the conversation? Doesn't mean you don't have to even uh, uh, share that, you know, and uh, um, I know your our next point here is do you cultivate an environment where people feel free to contribute? Well, even in a situation where someone's peeving you off, if I can say, whoa, you know, uh, Alistair, that comment's got me kind of churning. I'm, uh, I'm going to have to think about that because, you know, the, although I think this is what you're saying and I'm also feeling and thinking this, uh, what do you think about that? So, again, it creates that, that contributory conversation. Uh, but it doesn't mean you can't share that, boy, that really hit me the wrong way. Or, rah, that's, you know, that's challenging me. You know, I'm not on board with that idea. That's challenging me. But I want to think about it and help me understand a little bit more what's behind why you're thinking. Actually, just probing a little deeper. But but it starts with knowing those those rising energy levels within you that you're going to get peeved off and then declare it. Ooh, that hit me. Tell me more what's behind it because then that will allow, because often what we do is we react to stuff and it's, it's not even the true thing we're reacting to. We're reacting to something else. You said it earlier, you know, some other person they remind me of that I'm reacting to or a past situation that I've had has nothing to do with this one. So by Pausing, declaring, and asking a question, often you might find gold within there, and it keeps that space open. I like to use the phrase sometimes, Greg, I've never thought of that before. I've never heard of that. Tell me more. And that's a signal to you that you're in uncharted territory with me. Mm-hmm. I'm being honest with you, but I want to hear what you want to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, I maybe go, Greg, I've never done that in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um Help me understand more. Tell me more about your approach. And that's a signal. I'm being honest with you that, listen, you know, you've caught me in a place where I don't like what you're talking about, mm. but I'm open to listen to what you have to say. And that really informs you, okay, Alster's like, he's been in this situation before and he's never thought of doing this. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell him why I think it's a good idea mm-hmm. in this situation. I just think it's really honest. Like, oh, okay. Rather than go, oh, that sounds good. Or and lying and not being truthful or like just dismissing them outright to say, listen, I've never thought of doing that in this situation. Tell me more about this. I think that's powerful. Tell me more is such three simple words that, you know, the, the other thing it does is it, it allows you space to cool. So tell me more allows you space to cool and then be a little bit lesser. So it almost steps you back a little bit so that you can actually hear uh, what they're saying. And me as the speaker, I know, okay, we are in this uncharted territory. Yeah. I'm in a ch- uh, territory here where I'm probably going against what this person believes or has done in the past. That's cool to know. Okay. But they're willing to listen to me. So now I bring my A game here and explain why. I've given a lot of thought to this. I've done research. I bring some experience into it. They're willing to listen to me. They're holding my eye. Okay, I understand this situation that I'm in at the moment. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. The, the other thing that I love is that uh, is shifting and using the word and. 
and I know we may get to this too, is that, that, you know, if you're, if you are sharing a different perspective, um, relate back to what you hear. So Alistair, I think what I hear you saying is this, and this is because is, is, did I get that right? Yeah. So again, it validates your thinking. That's, that's interesting. And I'm also wondering if, and then add your thought. Uh, and I'm also wondering is just, uh, again, three more words like, tell me more. And I'm also wondering, oh, that's four words. <laughs> um, but, but again, good ways of expressing. And again, it's not like the hammer's not coming down that this is the, this is the only idea. And I'm also wondering if that, does any of that resonate with you? And often that creates a space for someone to say, oh, yeah, you know, I, I, I can see that perspective or I'm not sure, you know, but that continues to open that space for dialogue. And I like that because when you're in a discussion and then you realize, and it's going back and forth like this, you go, okay, Greg has a lot of experience in this area. So I'm going to, like, I appreciate his experience. I might not agree with everything he's done in the past on this, but the guy certainly has some experience. So we're going to go back and forth and... I want to hear what he has to say. And at the end of this, we may decide to disagree. But at the moment, I appreciate that you, Greg, have a bunch of experience in this that is really valuable to listen to. And it may not apply specifically to this situation. And maybe we can't do it in the company. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not our thing or we're prohibited from doing it. But guess what? We're going to have a discussion. I'm going to hear you out. You're going to hear me out. And every once in a while, I'm going to say, no, tell me more about that. Tell me more like mm -hmm. you're saying there. I've never heard that, that bit before. Explain that to me. And, and we keep going and, you know, I think we've all sat there and I've been at a meeting and watched two people have one of these conversations and it's like, we're just going to let them go. They're talking about everything here. Mm -hmm. Like, we're just going to take notes. Like, I'm not, we're not going to interfere. These guys are in a lane and uh, I didn't even think they liked each other, but they're certainly like this to topic and we're going to hear everything today. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll probably talk a little bit about this, but sometimes it's like widening the scope. So the dialogue can happen. And then you do have to narrow the scope again. And it may be something like, so out of this conversation, what, 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 where have we found common ground that we agree on? What are the differences? Uh, what are we both willing to let go and allows you to go? But the more you go wide, you will normally find you have a lot more in common in the discussion. And, 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 but it'll stretch both sides of that discussion to get a better solution. Now, the next two points I think we've, we've talked a lot about, and one is, uh, do you use, but, but do you use similar words? No, or sorry, I'm sorry. Right. Right. That, that's shutting it down. It's like, I don't believe you. That's crap. Right. And I think, you know, and you asked the question earlier, what are those other words or that physicality that comes to it? And, you know, maybe ask somebody that you talk to all the time, do I use any types of words or <laughs> we have the benefit of listening to the podcasting and, and, you know, one of the learning things in this podcast is realizing what phrases we, you were, you know, we use and mine is, I think I use it like, you know, 40 times during a podcast and I shouldn't be doing it. And, and, you know, even listening to yourself talk, it's a great way to learn. Am I using these words that limit the conversation or, you know, you have a conversation with somebody and is there something physically about what I'm doing? that shut things down. Yeah. Well, and you know, the other thing I would add is, is really be conscious of more than just words. So if you watch a person when you're having a conversation with her, I mean, we're right across from each other, but if you sit and watch a conversation, you can see things shift. And if you see someone go ouch physically, you know, somebody might say ouch. And I think I've used this before, you know, if something really bothers you, if you say, ouch, they say, well, what's that? Oh, that just hit me hard. Uh, but you can sometimes see physically. So if I'm saying something and I maybe use a word that disengages the person in front of me, normally you can see it on their face. You know, we have tells, whether whether that's a kind of a grimace or a, or a blinking of the eyes or something like that. And as a leader, as a manager, being able to say, ooh, uh, you know what, I'm, I may be reading something wrong, but so, I, I sense that, that maybe I said something that was, you know, stirry or whatever the words you want to use is, did, did I pick up wrong? Because then that tells the person that not only I'm really being more thoughtful about what I'm saying. So you're right. It's just not words, but it's also being aware of what's that impact. Because normally we all have good intentions, but it's those words and those physical reaction, actions that we use that end up having bad impact. So the key learning for us is often not only watch our words, but also be aware of the impact. And you can correct. And sometimes that accelerates the relationship, especially as you see something, you recognize it and allow that person to share. 
and learn from it in the moment, powerful. And the next one I think we've already covered as well, and that's using open-ended questions. You know, maybe somebody says something and it's like, well, tell me more about that. And as they say certain things and maybe it's something new or, you know, you're fighting down the emotions a little bit because you think this is totally going to mm-hmm. wrong. No, tell me more. And, and, and create uh, an atmosphere where people go, okay, they're listening to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I have them yet, but they're certainly listening to what I have to say. And those open-ended questions is something we learned in the police, not to be leading and to say, uh, oh, you, you, you said you went into that bank. Tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. And it just leaves it open for conversation to continue. If you shut it down or go prematurely into uh, close-ended questions, then that limits the conversation, even though you think you're being helpful. So what you're telling me is that we have to stop doing this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, you don't want it. Yes. No, tell me more about this. And you want the person to, to elaborate on the conversation and get more things out of it. If you, you know, shut it down or go to a, a closed question, you limit the conversation. Yeah, no, I agree. I love that. And you know, that tell me more is one of those, like imprint that in your head, tell me more. Because it's such three such powerful words, and then really be interested in what they want to tell you more of. The other one that I, that I often uh, think about is that wow, you know, Alistair, you seem very passionate about this. Call it. What experience uh, helped reach that conclusion? What were the things that helped help you come to that conclusion that this was a really important thing? Because often then what happens, people it's a little bit more specific, but people will give you a specific example. And you know sometimes there's life experiences and challenge that that all of a sudden opens up this whole thing of oh now I understand why you think that way. Especially when you have people with off opposite viewpoints. Asking, you know, tell me more or, you know, how, what, what brought you to that conclusion? I'm just, what, what was your experience and the things that, that you've read or whatever that brought you to that conclusion? At least you get a better understanding. And it's exactly what you said earlier. It's about being curious. It's about asking the questions of that person that opens it up even more. And tell me more trains people to come into conversations with more of a story be more prepared because they know when they come in and talk to you, Greg, that you're going to say, tell me more. Mm-hmm. And they need to have more that they need. Oh, he's listening to me. I need to elaborate on what I think should happen. Have examples, uh, the ups and downs where it hasn't worked out because I'm one of these people that say, okay, I like that. Tell me more about it, but also tell me when this has worked and when it hasn't. Mm-hmm. And how have you, how have you learned from this situation as well? Tell me more about all that. Mm-hmm. And it just forces people, they know that, oh, when I come in to talk to Greg, it isn't no, yes, but, or some close question, how much is this going to cost? Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about a shutdown mm-hmm. phrase, right? Mm-hmm. How much is this going to cost me? That says so much stuff about mm-hmm. where you're at in your head. Mm-hmm. And so if they know you're going to use that phrase, they know they're, they have to come in with the full package that they need to get put some thought into this, that they're probably going to have to expand on the points. And that you may take that tell me more into some of the sub points that they make. And I think it just trains people to come into a conversation with better information, better presentation, and a better appreciation that, you know, I'm, I'm getting 15 minutes with Greg to talk about this. I need to bring it. Yeah. And you know what? It also creates the space for others to be more curious. Because if you're asking tell me more, if you're probing to understand more, it starts to model it so that catches. Yeah, then then I'll ask you. I'm you know, I'm not sure. Tell me more. What what's behind that? I'm really not. I'm not sure. I'm getting it fully. Tell me more. What's behind that? So it allows this reciprocal curiosity to occur if you start by opening the case and not just in creating that space through great questions like "Tell me more." And if there's a group of people, people learn kind of group think mm. and go, oh, when we have these meetings. We need, you know, there's a lot of open-ended questions. So even if I'm not the person bringing it that day, I'm going to ask open-ended questions as well. And people, everybody learns, okay, this is how we have a good conversation. Mm -hmm. We ask open-ended questions Mm -hmm. and we try not, you know, we try to get it, keep it going. Yeah. I love that. Even if you have a strong idea, what you want to do, don't wait in until you've heard from everyone. You might be off the mark and need that discussion. There's no issue saying that you have a view, but that you really want and need to hear from others. Yeah, always as a leader, you know, I've always, I've tried to do this, not always very well, but as being the last person to bring the ideas forward. And then if it isn't, saying, you know, one thing that I haven't heard yet 
that I'm wondering whether or not something we should take, take into consideration is this. But afterwards, because there's so much more power in even if you have an idea or a next step forward, if someone on your team is the one who brings that forward, there's a greater ownership, um, a greater commitment. Uh, you know, the great managers and leaders create the space. They don't pull people along. They might give a goal, a vision of where we're going, but mostly then it's giving space for people to grab onto that vision and to also bring their contribution to move you towards that. So I, I think this is a really good one. There are times when you have to be early on, especially if things are going a little wayward in the wrong direction. You can then give a little bit of directional um, guidance to say, hey, here are the three things, the, here's the sandbox that we need to play. Now, within that sandbox, what do we need to do? So you can kind of bring it back to focus, but still allow that space for openness. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. And you need to know your people. Mm. I mean, if you're in a situation where you don't know people, then it's even more important to have those open-ended questions and to, and to you know, be open to the person coming in. But if you have the opportunity to know your people, that's a really good thing to have. Yeah, I agree 100%. And you need to know yourself. You need to know what your triggers are. You need to know if you're coming in and you're like, I just, I don't like that guy, Greg. I mean, I just, I don't like the way he presents. I don't like anything. And I do like Greg. I do like yeah, him. Yeah. But I think you need to know yourself as well. You need to know if you're coming into this situation a little bit of bias towards somebody because you, you don't get along or they're from that other department or whatever it is. You know, being honest with yourself is not a bad thing. Yeah, and, and sometimes it's, you need to engage uh uh, inner circle or a, or a strong uh, wing person to be able to stay with you. So if you, if I know going into something and there's someone else in the meeting, me being able to say, hey, Alistair, I know Bob's in the meeting and there's just something about Bob, you kind of, you know, and I'm really trying to remain open and create the space. So I would love you to help me um, when you see me kind of going down the way, here's our code word, you know, whatever that give a code word or a code signal or whatever that helps me remember that. Cause even if we are intentionally positive about creating space, we're humans. And sometimes we just slip and it's good to have someone there with you. I like that. As employees, there are a couple of things we can do to assist. Your ideas are valuable. Yeah. You know what? It, you know, it's interesting because if I'm in an environment where my boss is a butter, how do you deal with that? Uh, I, you know, and I think this is where courage comes in because, you know, often we've talked about this. Sometimes if, if, if your boss is a butter, they might not even know they're a butter. Uh, so how do you, even within the butters, uh, be courageous enough to bring your idea, ideas forward? And, uh, you know, it might be, Alistair, I hear what you're saying, and I'm wondering uh, what, 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 uh, if, if this is a consideration. So using the and. Or it might be, uh, as we've talked about, using those same words that we've shared that managers need to create to say, um, Alistair, I, I'm not 100% sure that I understand what, what, what's behind we are. Can you tell me more? So how do you even create the space? Because sometimes I might have said no, or I might have locked the conversation down as a manager, and I might not even know I'm locking it down. And if you ask me to tell me more, um, what's behind that? You know, what's, why is this so important to the organization right now? I've just wanted to deepen my understanding so that I can support it in the right way. Sometimes I'll open up and I'll think, geez, that was a dumb, I, you know, actually that's a great question. I'm not really even sure. What other thoughts do you have? So you can help guide this conversation, but it starts with knowing that you have a valuable opportunity to contribute. And it is such a good thing to share your knowledge and learnings. You know, be confident that, you know, what you think is valuable and that it is a good thing to share, that you shouldn't just squirrel it away because you're, you're worried about a reaction. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are situations where it really doesn't matter. And if you've got a manager, and this is a very small percentage, but there are managers that are closed-minded, they're scared, or they're egotistical or whatever, and they're never going to listen to it. And then you got to make a decision. Is this a place where I can contribute fully? But don't give up at the beginning because we're all struggling, especially COVID has just, just amplified this around, you know, we're trying to figure things out. Things are changing so quickly. So sometimes we might not listen as managers as well as we could. So be brave. Um, and if not in the meeting, maybe have a conversation afterwards, you know, to say in, you know, in our case, Alistair, can, can I grab a couple minutes? 
you know, I'm, I'm churning a little bit around, around something that's bubbling inside of me. And I'm not sure whether or not it's a thing that we should think about or add. And I know that's important for the cost or whatever, but, but here's my idea. Um, is that something that you think would be, would help us get to where we need to get focus on the results because managers always want to make their own results. But if you've got an idea, if you can't bring it up in the meeting, pull aside and have that conversation with your manager, but, but have that courage, like you've said, and share the knowledge and learning because not shared that it's, you know, it's not going to do any good. And if you're in a situation where you're dealing with a person that's using butt all the time, or they're very closed off to you, uh, get ready for that conversation because I find in a lot of the conversation, in a lot of the relationships I've had with bosses, and sometimes there's been adverse relationships, not because of me, just because of how they're situated. I was always prepared for that conversation. And when the opportunity presented itself, I was ready to have that conversation. Listen, you know, I have some ideas and stuff, and I, I just want to make sure that, uh, you know, when, when I have those ideas that we can have a really good conversation about this. And I, I you know, if I'm having a bad relationship with somebody, I'm, all, I'm always ready to have that conversation. I've thought about it through my mind. You know, it's important for me to have it. This They have worth, I have worth. And when you when you catch them in a moment where uh, maybe they're a little bit reflective or they've had a bad day and they're, they're maybe second-guessing themselves and you can have that conversation, it's not about crapping all over them. It's about, yeah, you know what? I, I, I think one of the things that you and I need to work on is there's times when I'm going to bring ideas and I just want to make sure that you're okay with that and that we can have a really good conversation. And, and that's really what I'm looking for in this relationship. And so I think if you're in a difficult spot, preparing, being prepared for that conversation and then when it, and you'll know when it, the moment it presents itself, step in with some confidence and, you know, be sensitive to the situation and know what you want out of it, which is a good relationship in your boss where you can bring these conversations and you don't get the, the, the hand up or the butt or all that mm -hmm. stuff. But it, I think it's really important to, to just be prepared for it. Well, and you know, in the last, the last, uh, advice or the things to consider from a manager's perspective, the last two things were know them and know yourself. Well, that's the same thing. You can be a lot more planful if you really think about, okay, what, what, what really motivates my boss? What are they, what do I think they're most concerned about right now? What's the pain that I can help eliminate? And, and then how, what, who am I and what can I bring? So having those two things, just the similar thing as managers. So if you're an employee team member, um, know who your boss is, know who you are and figure out how you can have that conversation. And your boss may not model it, but they do need your input. Mm -hmm. And there's times when you have to save them from themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially now. There's a lot of stress going on right now. And in stress is really when our behaviors are, are often not the best. And we slip back into those, those bad, bad behaviors when we're, when we're stressed. And there's a lot of stress right now. So cut some slack, um, and, but be courageous in bringing your thoughts forward. And think about your idea, think out your idea and talk, uh, and how to talk about it with others. So plan. And, you know, we've talked about this before, like just a moment ago, just with kind of the relationship piece with your boss, but think out your idea and how to talk about it with others. So plan, maybe bounce it off somebody else in the team that maybe even knows this person and that you trust to help kind of frame the conversation. Mm -hmm. I agree. And encourage others to come forward with their ideas and questions. Uh, this is something I've always believed in and I've always encouraged somebody, uh, whether, uh, there's somebody that worked for me or, or a colleague or whatever it is. And, and, you know, Greg, you're going, oh, I have this great idea, but I don't want to come forward. And you know, there's been times when I went, listen, I'll go with you. Let's mm -hmm. go. Yeah. You know, I've got a little piece of this and I've done it in the past. It's like, no, I think that's a good friggin' idea. Let me come with you. There's nothing like a wall of people coming to say, Hey, listen, we have this idea and this is something you really need to listen to. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you take a buddy or three or four people and you're just like, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even, uh, if your boss is not creating that space as a co, um, uh, co team person, um, you can create that space. You can ask the questions that tell me more question doesn't have to come from the boss. You know, if, if, if you sense that you have a boss that's going to shut things down a little bit more and you've got someone so encouraging them to bring forward, but then being able to say, Hey, Alistair, um, that's really, really interesting. 
tell me more or even maybe ask a question that knowing your boss, you can help the boss see the light in that question. So not only you can help create the space, even if your boss is in it, to get a little bit more energy around an idea. So encouraging others, but then when they come with the idea, how do we nurture it? How do we create space for it to be heard, even if you're in a situation where your boss isn't doing that? So it looks like we've already covered the last point, you know, having that conversation with your boss, if you have the opportunity and plan for it. Yeah. The only thing I want to add to that last one is that we've talked about this in a number of our podcasts, but is the SBIQ a model, which is situation, behavior, impact, question. Um, and you can do, you can research anywhere to find this. It's a model that's been around for a long time, but it helps you in presenting having that conversation with your boss, especially if it is right after a situation where your boss throws in the butts or throws up the things. And, and if it's either towards you or towards others, being able to have that conversation that says, Hey, Alistair, you're my boss. And that I want to share, can, can we talk about that last meeting that we just left? Um, we were talking about this situation and Bobby brought up this situation and, uh, and you said this, when you said that, I'm not sure if you're aware of it, but the room just kind of shut down. Um, and the impact was, I think that everyone is then thinking that I'm not going to bring ideas forward. And I, and I think your intention was to do this and I understand that, but, but did you, did you sense any of that or was it maybe just me seeing that I, I this is just what I'm, I'm sensing because often we don't see it. So when you're, there are some beautiful models, SBIQ is one of those situation, behavior, impact questions, check it out. It's a nice model to do what you talked earlier about that planfulness. Cause if you're having that conversation with your boss, it might not be easy, uh, depending on where your trust and relationship level is, but there are some good ones and you can't uh, you can't disagree with that model. And we've talked about this before, the three non-arguable situations, I think, I feel, I sense. Using those things as a part of that conversation, because that's all about your reaction. And he might just, or she might say, well, that no, I didn't see that. I didn't experience that. Okay. But you bubbled it up. You, you posed the question. Right. And you know what happens. Then it starts to get thinking about it. And whether or not it's a direct, I accept it or not, Sometimes it will be, gee, I didn't know I did that. Can we work together and support in the future? It burrows into somebody. It burrows into somebody. So, you know, next time we're more just heightened our awareness and it helps leaders, even if they don't, aren't confident enough to admit it, it helps them shift. That's cool. Um, wrap up. Yeah. So I just love, um, you know, my two favorite uh, attributes of great leaders and great team members are to be curious and courageous. And everything that we've talked about today is how do you open space for great dialogue um, to, to get better ideas and to get fuller engagement and connectivity around a team. It's to, by being curious and by being courageous. Curious and courageous in yourself, knowing what's peeving me off and, and being able to be curious, why is that happening? And, and asking questions that you might not want to, being vulnerable as a leader, but also asking those questions. And I loved your tell me more. I just think that's really, really powerful. I also love, and, I'm all, and here's another thought I'm wondering about. You know, those are, these are great ways to be, um, create the space, for others to think differently, but also to bring your voice forward. So I would just the best scratch the butts uh, and shift to curiosity and courage. Uh, that will create the space for great things to happen and increased engagement, increased retention and contribution and connectivity as your team. As we've been uh, talking about this topic, I went back to one individual who was uh, uh, in charge of me in the police. I was in a very specific unit, uh, deep buried within the police service. And this was somebody that knew the job that I did way better than I had. He'd been in there a couple times previous and now was the boss. And this is a guy that was so smart and had a very informed opinion about everything. But what I really appreciated uh, about him is that when he came to talk to me, he probably already knew what needed to be done or where this was going. But what I appreciate about him, despite the fact that he was 
so in tune with what was going on and so intuitive and had so much experience in the area that I worked. He would sit there, uh, tell me, uh, tell me what's going on. Okay. Uh, tell me more about that. How's that working? Okay. Um, and it was always exploratory. And at mm. the end of the day, he says, what are you, what are you going to do in this situation? I said, well, this is what I want to do. I said, okay. But he allowed me to have a conversation, even though I knew that he buried me in insurance mm. in, in experience. And, and it was just such a good conversation. And he never uh, curtailed the conversation. It went straight to what should happen. And he would wait and follow me through. And, and I think he appreciated knowing what the thought process was, maybe what some of the evidence was, what some of the factors. And at the end, he went, okay, thank you. I, I love that. I love that. You know what? I, I was thinking about the, the best leaders that I've worked with did the same thing. And, and they often would say, even because you widen it out for great dialogue, but you got to get focused to what we're going to do. And often what those great leaders would do is saying, so, so what do you think are the three or four most important next steps we need to take? And if, if, I, if the person can't get there, the other thing they've done is, here's what I heard you say. You heard that this, this, this is important, and this is, this is the next thing. So sometimes summarizing is, depending on where those team members are, if a team member is, is more junior, sometimes you have to be a little bit more directive at the end and almost like close the loop, but it's based upon what I've heard. And it just allows me to connect with what I've said, because sometimes when we're young and we're newer team members, we just can't connect the flow and they can connect the flow. But if you can pull that flow and connect it from me, that's, that's good. Even better, if I can ask the question to tell me what the flow and action you take based upon everything you said, that's even better because that gets me actually thinking of here are the steps on flow. But I love that, that exploratory idea. And then at the end, that's where great managers sometimes either help you walk through what are those steps that we need to move forward or sometimes have to just kind of capture those steps so that I can go depending on where the level of knowledge is. But that's, that's a really great ex example. And what I liked about that relationship is that after working for this for person for about a year and often dynamic things would happen. So I would go out and then I would have to make the phone call back to say what's going on because he had to report to some pretty senior people. Mm. I already knew what the questions would be. And so when I gave my little synopsis of what was going on, I addressed them. Mm. So he'd go, okay, thanks. And you knew you'd nailed it. Yeah, because yeah. because it's just the way that he had approached it in the early part of our relationship. You knew what was important to, to him and you learned how he thought and that, you know, he had a very different job to me. My job was to find the truth and his was to tell some very important people what the truth was. Right. And so you just learned uh, what he was really interested in mm. and and it showed a trust in him that you were doing it properly. But also he, he you know, when you finished up, you go, okay, thank you. Talk mm -hmm. to you later. And it, it and so that's why this type of approach is so important by keeping an open mind and letting the ideas flow in the conversation, you know, encouraging a good wide conversation is that then your relationships develop and as you go forward, it becomes much more efficient and wholesome and, and just, you know, okay, it's, you know, a five minute conversation now mm -hmm. and you reach the end and you say, this is what's going on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Talk to you later. Yeah, and there's beautiful satisfaction in that. I bet you just joy when you know when he says, "Yep, that's good. Thanks." That's like nailed it, you know. And and yeah, but but you did the work too to understand what is he looking for and why is that important and what do I need to learn in that. So you know, in our in our how does a team member uh, kind of influence this? That was what we talked about: knowing who my boss is, knowing what they need, knowing what's important to the organization, and being able to bring that forward is equally important. Well, this is a good conversation considering it was an offhanded comment you said in episode 100. Yeah, friend. that's right. That's right. Awesome. So listen, uh, we hope that some of what we have spoken about you find helpful. We hope that you didn't find anything we spoke of offensive or made you angry. And I think, Greg, we haven't heard your philosophy in maybe nine or 10 weeks. So I think it's due. Yeah, well, I think so. And I, as, as you were going down this pathway, I'm thinking, what is my philosophy again? But, um, you know, early on in my coaching, uh, my first coach, and actually uh, I haven't t talked to her in a while. I have to reach back out to her. But uh, uh, she described 
that our coaching sessions, when you knew they were really going to be good, were ones that you felt joy and you felt crunchiness, maybe a little peeved off. And uh, the reason you felt both of those is the joy is obviously you've made traction. You know, you're, you're really thinking, oh, yeah, that's something that I am doing well, and you feel good about that. And the crunchiness is usually when you've slipped are you are you haven't are you failed in something or and that that gets kind of churny but what we always talk about and from that coaching session is that both are beautiful it's just what you do with it and there's as much growth from the churn as there is from the joy and the key is to just take it learn it and apply it you're going to fail but then try again learn grow that's what our podcast we hope to provide you and so we hope in every podcast that there's a little bit of joy and a little bit of churn, and that you choose to take whatever that is and and grow from it. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Hey, the one week that you weren't here, I had to I had to say your philosophy. I don't know how good I did, but it wasn't that good. I thought it was pretty good. So, I think we need to do a shout out. Sure, that's good. And we're, I think we're going to do a double. A double, fantastic. Coslada, Spain. Oh, I don't think we've ever had anyone from Spain. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not yeah, sure. I, yeah. it, and the other one is Asbury Park, which I believe is in New Jersey in the United States. So Coslada and Asbury Park, welcome to the club. Well, you know, Asbury Park, um, I got a chill on my, I mean, I, I think Asbury Park is where Bruce Springsteen's from. And Bruce Springsteen's one of my, uh, one of my favorites. And uh, Asbury Park. Maybe he's listening. Welcome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I think he has his own podcast. Doesn't he do one with Obama? He did one. Maybe we should get him on here. Yeah. It can just happen. Why yeah. Not? <laughs> that's right. Dream big. Anyway, so we're back, folks. Uh, I mean, we've, I got to go on vacation for a week or so, but we uh, are back and uh, we'll start churning out some, uh, some product again. And I was surprised uh, because we've only done one episode since the last time you and I were together. And there was a, a whole bunch of downloads. So I think people were catching up and it looked like we got hit up and down the catalog again uh, a couple of times. So it looks like people uh, were taking this opportunity to catch up on some episodes, which is great. And we appreciate uh, all the people that listen to us from all over the world. And, uh, you know, thanks for coming out. And uh, it's kind of cool what's happened over the summer. Like we've only put out one episode since June and a whole bunch of people have been downloading us. Yeah, we're, we're, we're really grateful that you're here with us. And uh, and if there are any ideas that you have or questions you have or experiences that you've had, share with us. Go to our website. Uh, email us at uh, talkingnotranting, no, at gmail.com. Talkingnotranting at gmail.com. See? <laughs> you were close. I was close. <laughs> and our website is www.talkingnotranting.com. And uh, on all the show notes on all the episodes, our contact information and uh, Greg's website for his book and for his other podcast are on there. And, and you know, if you are looking for anything else to listen to, uh, go to the other TNR Projects page on our website and there's a whole bunch of stuff to, to listen to there as well. So folks, listen, people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.